pen and ink for writing. It's all done except the last chapter. I want you to help me. How? Finish it. Finish it. I don't know how it ends. You do. You will. Stop. Remember Moses Morales? Who? The Mayan guide I told you about. From your trip? The last night I was with him, he told me about his father, who had died. But Moses wouldn't believe it. No, no, listen. Listen. He said, if they dug his father's body up, he would be gone. They'd planted a seed over his grave. The seed became a tree. Moses said his father became part of that tree. He grew into the wood, into the bloom. And when a sparrow ate the tree's fruit, his father flew with the birds. He said, death was his father's road to all. That's what he called it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we are continuing our Darren Aronofsky watch uh, with uh, the movie that neither Mike and I could remember that he did. Uh, So that'll be fun. Uh, So we're going to talk about The Fountain uh, starring Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. So, Mike, was this a movie that you had seen before? Like, did you watch it when it came out? Oh, sir. I was fucking pumped for this movie. Uh, It had a, a great trailer. Uh, that's that, true. You know, when I actually got to see the damn thing, uh, led to much disappointment because <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that, and I actually didn't go back and watch the trailer again. So I'm just speaking from memory. But you know, they really uh, played up uh, the idea of finding a cure for for aging and death. And mm-hmm. so then I'm seeing Hugh Jackman and you know various time periods, and I'm like did this dude fucking do it? Like, are we seeing a man who just can live through like, you know, across time and space? Uh, I'm in. And yeah, it's not really that. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a metaphor and it's a, you know, it's a guy coming <laughs> to terms hear your with disdain. Ugh, it's a metaphor. Well, <laughs> it's like, okay. So this is his, his like version of like 2001 or something, right? Like we're going to have this epic, and I kind of mentioned at the end of the last episode, you know, this has a, a long uh, production history where it was going to be like a $70 million, $70 million film with Brad Pitt. And then Brad Pitt decided not to do it. And so they come back years later and they do it at half the budget. I actually don't think that really shows. I think it's a fantastic no. looking movie. God, I like it's all beautiful. The, yeah, all the choices they make. 
like I don't know what he envisioned before. From what I read, maybe the conquistador sequences are more one-on-one fights as opposed to these like battles, like from mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. That's fine with me. Um, my I think my my bigger hang-up is the uh, what would you call it the modern segment, which is mm-hmm. the the actual love story between mm-hmm. this man who can't accept that his uh, partner, his wife is is dying and will die. <clears throat> um, yeah, that that stuff like, um, strangely doesn't work for me because it's like hmm. coming off of Requiem for a Dream. It was the, the his ability to ground it in these like human relationships and this sort of family melodrama uh, or this love story between two addicts that I really uh, sort of grafted onto. And here, <laughs> this probably will shock you, Dave. I'm into the like uh bald headed like you know <laughs> what the hell <laughs> Buddhist monk floating through space in a bubble with a tree that he's eating the tree of life uh that's the stuff that I'm like kind of I'm I'm kind of digging and hmm. uh, this is one of those times on the podcast where younger Mike uh, older Mike shows no personal growth, much like I guess Aronofsky himself. I, ca- I kind of had the same exact reaction, where I'm like, okay, yeah, let's get into the trippier stuff. Let's not mm, let's not put such a fine point on it to where the whole thing is this story, this final chapter of this book that Hugh Jackman has to finish for his now dead wife. Seems a little cute, a little quaint. See, mm. I, I don't necessarily like that it's sort of wrapped up with that particular bow when you have all these like fantastic looking sequences with really big questions about, I guess, our our place in the spectrum of human existence. Finish the book. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting movie to me because I've done kind of a 180 on it. Um, when I first saw it, I hated it. Like I thought oh, it was why? terrible. What was your initial I mean, uh, hatred? I don't know. I, it's All so it? long ago at this point. So it wasn't like one particular sequence? It was just the whole <laughs> the whole thing? I mean, I thought it was just like kind of tedious and like big just to be big. And I was just like not into it. And mm-hmm. I was very surprised by this because like you, I saw the trailer and I was like, this is going to be amazing. I really like Aronofsky as a director. This is going to be fantastic. Um, I like both of the leads a lot. Like, I think they're both really good actors. And also, let's be honest, very pleasant to look at. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. Ass <laughs> God damn it. And you know I won't cut that out. Um, and I just, like, wasn't into it. And it also, if I'm being completely honest, it also has to do with the fact that the person I was dating at the time was obsessed with this movie. And, like, was watching oh. it constantly like once it came out on video just kind of had it on loop and i was like, well why okay so what did they like about it then oh <clears throat> who cares uh <laughs> she was very she was very dramatic and big bold love stories are kind of her thing um so this really fits into that um but anytime any movie i mean and when i mean playing constantly i mean constantly like daily this movie would be on. It was like me as a 10 year old when Batman came out. Like it was just, it was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't I love that. You went through that, Dave, <laughs> that, this place. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Fountains a lot better than I remembered, <laughs> but I watched it now. And Mike, uh, I disagree with you. I love this movie. I oh, think it's God. great. I, I love it. It sucks. I've changed <laughs> course again. See, you just flip flop. Um, so I guess the way I – and 
tell me if like you read it differently, but the way I read it is all that future stuff is not really future at all. Um, it's how he's processing. Yeah. It's how he's processing. And so that's all internal. Um, and I think actually this movie would be better if it was longer. Um, I think they're going after some big ideas and big emotions and trying to do it in like 87 minutes, um, which is a tall order. And I don't know how much of that has to do with budgetary stuff, but I think maybe that's why the quote unquote modern stuff for you, the present day stuff rings a little bit hollow because they're trying to talk about big, bold ideas and love and life and death. And they're trying to do it very quickly. Like you're basically, you're introduced to this character as she's dying. So you don't get a lot of lead up, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe if there was more background to that relationship, it would have worked better for you. But also just like, as you mentioned, like this is probably his best looking movie. Um, out of everything he's ever done, which is incredible considering budgetarily it's not, it, yeah. they didn't spend that much, but oh my goodness. It's incredible. not like, um, I think the wrestler and black Swan are bad looking for the stories he's trying no. to tell. And certainly black Swan is stylistically very fun. Yes. Uh, but yeah, if you, if, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, you are watching them really close together. And so you're like, Oh, okay. So this is kind of a, a step back, uh, just, purely as far as what I have on the screen as uh, wallpaper or just like, Oh, look at that one image. Or, you know, if I, I post something on Instagram uh, telling you how much I hate this, this uh, podcast that because <laughs> I'm strangely watching black Swan at eight in the morning. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a rough 8am watch. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a lot, man. There's not, you know, there's not an 8am movie. And this guy's fucking work. No, uh, no. Which I don't, I don't care. About. Even Scorsese, I'm sure. I don't know what it would be. I didn't come prepared with notes on what was I mean, the best Scorsese movie to watch at 8 a.m., but I'm sure there's one. I mean, one. you could watch, like, After Hours. I mean, I think that's a fine 8 a.m. movie. Like, it's it's kind of know, break. Dude, that's kind of poor form, isn't it? Isn't that, like, meant to be, like, a midnight, like, you can't go to sleep and... You think, oh, I should have done something with myself, and you're like, no, 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 uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Stay. Uh, in. You're worse than you're worse than people on Twitter when I was I was gonna read um, The Shining for the first time, and they're like, you can't read that; it's not winter. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know about you that. Know, you know what? <laughs> like, it's a book. I use this thing called an imagination. It's fine. <laughs> like, I but can imagine again. <laughs> if you actually came back with that, that I use my mind, I use my imagination. I'm like, ooh, now I, now I disagree with you, Dave. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should wait till there's snow on the ground. Um, well, now I live somewhere where there might actually be snow on the ground, so probably not. I, th- I think you you need to get here before uh, global warming. Made sure that we, much like Hugh Jackman, are going to go to a fiery abyss uh, soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess I wanted that sequence to be real. Like the the moment that mm. absolutely works for me is when Hugh Jackman's character as this this bald. Uh, monk, uh, flying in his space bubble, uh, just, you know, he just says it, just verbalizes that, that I'm going to die. Like, it's like the first time he's ever like, okay, this is, there, there will be an end of the road mm-hmm. here. Um, and, you know, it's got great music. I love the score, oh, uh, this. It's um, probably the best score of any of his movies. And I think Clint Mansell did most of the scoring for most of his movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's kind of one of those people he's continued to work with, like starting with Pi. Uh, and this might be the best out of the group. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it gives it that, 
you're talking about this being such an over-the-top love story. It, it has that sort of scope to it and that sound yes. that you are watching something something big. Uh, I, I think you you've uh, diagnosed the problem uh, right that it's you know Izzy in modern day is just as we've seen in a lot of movies is the dying girl that inspires the man to do mm. something just outside of his grasp. Uh, you know, the, sure. he has this grand idea in that it wears thin even with a short runtime. So when we jump mm. into, uh, either the, you know, her book, uh, the fountain where it's about this, uh, man trying to, to like win the heart, uh, and the safety of his queen. I like that. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Uh, when we go to the sort of internal um, monologue of, of Space Bubble, I like that. It's just every single time we go back to the actual people, hmm. uh, that's the stuff that feels most false. How how to, how to me does the Space Bubble bald Hugh Jackman feel like uh, a true, like, ripped out of my heart kind of emotion? And, and yet these two people, it's like... They don't even seem like they're together. Like it's just they just mm. don't even seem like they're on the same wavelength. And maybe that's part of the point, but it makes it harder for me to care about this particular love story. It's almost like I have to step outside mm. the movie and think of my own relationships and my own fears of death. Yes, and that's not attached in any way to Thomas and Izzy at all. Right. There's a disconnect there. Yeah. So so a couple things on the on the many things that you brought up, just brought up. I think I love I think when you that, say that because you're like. You have rambled on for far Shut too up. long, sir. <laughs> Time Let me for take you to these be quiet point by now. point. <laughs> so, um, so the idea of this modern relationship, like not really working for you, I, I think a lot of it is because it is it is melodramatic, um, because it is designed to be this big story, and that's not going to that's not going to sit well with every viewer. Like I've. I know a lot of people who hate this movie and I know a lot of people who just completely fell in love with it. So because, (laughs) because when I posted about it, well, because when I posted about it on Twitter that I'm watching it, you get these unsolicited opinions and you're like, Oh oh God. I I mean, I was disappointed, but I can't say that I've gone damn near almost 15 years with an ax to grind. Like I swear to fucking God, if someone brings up the fountain to me, I'm going to tell, I'm going to give them peace of my mind. Like this is just one of those things where it's like, it's a slight misfire. But I was like, mm. I'm glad I watched it. Right. So, <laughs> I'm glad that you're in the middle. So it's just the, so <laughs> so far outside of my, like, my. Why would you waste time hating something like this? I well, just like, or why would I talk to someone about it? Like, if I'm like, oh God, I really can't stand that fountain, and now I'm going to talk to you, stranger, on Twitter about it. Like it's <laughs> the way of the world. I, I need to be in a bubble, flying into a fire. Bald. <laughs> Fine. If I'm alone in a bubble. What do I really care? Actually, I've thought about it now, like in quarantine life. I'm like, what do I care? (laughs) What does does any of this matter? Also, Aronofsky might have something about like, once you shave your head bald, you're a little more well-adjusted because he does the same thing in pie. (laughs) Like, and now. (laughs) That guy also takes a drill to the head, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but everything works out for him. It's fine. So the other thing that you mentioned, I always find it interesting when we when we come at a movie from like very different viewpoints, like when we when we disagree, because you said something um, that I agree with, but I loved about it. And it's the thing that you didn't like about it. So the idea of this dying woman that is spurring this man to do great things. Of course, you hate here's, women. I here's mean, here's why I like it. Me. It's because he can't do it. 
most stories, like, they have that and, like, oh, and he accomplished this thing because the love of his life died. I like the fact that this story is about accepting your limitations. It's about accepting the fact that, like, no, you can't do that, actually. No matter how hard you try, you have to accept that the person you love most in the world is gone and that someday you will be, too. It's a really rough message, but an important one, because I think if we if we as people don't accept the fact that the people we love will be gone one day and that we will be gone one day, like when we, we talk to them and when they're here with us, we're not appreciating them, really. Because we want them to be around forever. But if we know they're going to be gone someday, then it's like, I have to take this time now and make it matter. You know, and so in this movie, there's all these kind of alternate realities happening. And it's like she wants him to go for a walk with her to see the first snow. And he eventually makes that choice to be with her in that moment because she will be gone. And that's powerful to me. That works. Uh, I, I mean... Okay, like I, I shit on Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich on the last episode, uh, so I don't know if that's why it's in my mind. I don't think it is. I, I think it's just one of those scenes, or it's not even a scene as much as it's just a glimpse. It's just a bit of imagery with no dialogue uh, from that film where one of the families uh, in that that story, this Aaron Brockovich character is going around saying that this this water water was tainted and it's it's a lot of people have cancer in this community because of I don't remember I don't remember who the company or what the the plant was but um and she's telling this family who DuPont I think was the company if I'm remembering right I, I mean, think you, you you will hear from their attorneys if you get that yeah, wrong with, uh, <laughs> yes with our massive <laughs> listener base yes they're going to come for that perfect blue episode <laughs> you made how much off this two dollars we'll take it <laughs> we will take that um and it's this family that they've done everything right they've not been reckless they're like well they you know they said you know uh that there was no risk here or whatever and um she has to be the one to tell them like okay there was someone that made a decision basically to put you in danger put this woman uh and they are to blame uh and that there's a shot where the, the husband doesn't know how to react to it in the moment uh, and maybe has a fear of expressing all that rage and doubt uh, in front of his family. And it's just him alone, presumably later that evening, uh, just throwing rocks, just like just expressing physically all that sort of pain and grief by himself. That's a melodramatic moment, but I got a little bit of the normalcy before the fall. And part of it is, I guess what you've expressed where it's like, Izzy is dying woman, dying woman. I'm scientist man trying to stop dying woman. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, well, I can appreciate, yeah, he should go on the fucking walk with her. Like while she's here. Cause that's kind of the point, dude, you're trying to keep her around forever, but to, to what end? Because you're not even enjoying the time when she's here. So, right. But I, I guess what I'm asking for is like, there's no, there's not one moment where you see them as normal couple and you see what's being taken away from them. Like even when they're at home, there's a sequence where she's in the bath and she can't feel, uh, the temperature. Uh, she, you know, and so it, all we get is him looking at her. It's like, she's dying. She's dying. She's right. dying. And right. that's, a little much for me. So I'm not opposed to the melodrama. Like, you know, Soderbergh right. has a man throwing rocks, you know, uh, to, to no end and, and weeping. But, uh, here, give me, give me Jackman. But you need, but you need the normalcy 
leading up to the melodrama. And if there's you, no if there's no normalcy, right. flaming sword, yeah, <laughs> fighting with a dude enough. on top of a temple. <laughs> By the way, uh, I just looked it up. It was Dupont, uh, so my memory is still intact. So that's good. I don't think I've seen Aaron Brockovich in like 15 years, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. That I remember that. So oh, okay, I took it at first. I was like, wow, he really hated Aaron Brockovich. You're like my streak continues. I will not. <laughs> Revisit that film. Fuck it. I'm over it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a weird no thing to Aaron get over. I'm sure there are tweets of people who are not over it or are still angry about Aaron Brockovich oh, for some reason. Guaranteed. All you have to do is a search on Twitter and you will find uh, all manner of nonsense. So nah. it's there's plenty. So there's also, as I think in just about every movie from Darren Aronofsky, there's always at least one or two directorial, directorial choices where I'm like, but why? What? Why would you do that? So when he's first doing these surgeries, like for some reason, they hide the fact that it's on a monkey. Like you're you're meant to believe this is on a person, and then like the camera pans back and it's like monkey, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? Why? I, why did this need to be a surprise? You know, I, <laughs> I didn't even remember that. I didn't even take notice. Yeah, it's and, like all in shadow. It's all covered, and huh. then the camera pans back, and there's a fucking monkey's face, and I'm like, what? Why would we need to hide that? That's weird. And for me, it came off as not intentionally, obviously, but a comedic moment where it was like, and then the monkey reveal. And I'm just like, why? I don't understand. Apparently so much so that I didn't even know it was supposed to be a reveal. I'm just like, yes, doing some surgery on a monkey. That's what we do here. As one does. (laughs) Yes. And we get, you know, the return of Ellen Burstyn in an Aronofsky movie, sadly in a very small role, like she's kind of barely somewhat, there. Somewhat thankless, the, uh, I guess, the attempted, attempted dose of common sense yes. uh, that is never listened to uh, by our she's male like, lead. She's that character in every hospital drama, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a movie or a TV show. Like, God damn it, man, you just can't do this. Like, yes, I can. It's just like, <laughs> okay, why did we get Ellen Burstyn, wonderful phenomenal actress like why are you she must really like darren aronofsky to say yes to this role because like why why are you wasting this talent in this kind of role yeah i wish she had been the tree (laughs) you want are you saying you want hugh jackman to eat ellen burston is that is that what's happening here (laughs) i've seen all manner of depravity in the uh, previous uh, film why not i don't know maybe just the the voice of the tree Talking back to sure. him in space? Yeah, why not? <laughs> this movie is... It, it's interesting, the movie it follows, because it is very chaste. You know, like, even the love story is very... Of course, because she's dying and all that that we've talked about. She's the dying woman, Dave. Yeah. The great so, dying woman. So I guess other than the bathtub sequence, which is, which is also colored by this death, by this, like, lack of feeling, it's still, like, very innocent, Strangely, because he's like so focused on saving her that there's not there's not as much passion as you would think there would be in a movie about the power of true love and the the lengths you will go to for the person you love, especially coming off of, you know, a movie like Requiem for a Dream that pulls no punches. And then you have this, which is like kind of innocent. I mean, you know, it, it just continues that trajectory of not uh, treating uh, this this. I don't want to say supposedly, like, I don't believe the characters or I don't believe Aronofsky, but, like, from what we are told in all the stories, uh, this person played a prominent role in shaping this man's life. It's like the 
his whole identity is to be savior and protector uh, across all of the, you know, the, the various time periods. And none of them does he have any sort of like intimate relationship with like, uh, you know, he's speaking with being worthy of his queen when he finds this tree of life and then becomes, you know, uh, plant man or whatever swamp thing, um, <laughs> which I also didn't mind because I. <laughs> what did you, know, you think of that effect um, where he's just kind of like swallowed up? Uh, I mean, it obviously looks horrific, but I I suppose it's uh, it, it's meant, to, of course, to hammer home the fact that your 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 time here as uh, whatever sort of persona or whatever view you have of yourself is minuscule like because if if mm-hmm. if eternal life is that you're going to be reborn and become one with nature and then become other things you can look at that optimistically but you could also look at it i think as how it looks as a man puking up a plant that will consume him Oof. like yeah i don't want that um <laughs> that on the other is... hand why do i why do i why do i prefer the the fiery death in space uh maybe it's just because it looks cooler and quicker <laughs> yeah much quicker and you don't I, I mean you don't see the the horror on his face you don't see the it's enlightenment this, at that point but that's right. also the <clears throat> the arc of the character uh, right what you're saying um maybe it's a, a little hint of the uh cynicism if the the plant death is him finishing that final chapter it's like well this is what Izzy wanted, but to me it sounds like a, a real shitbag. This guy's <laughs> kind of mean way to end this, but uh, <laughs> that's where we are. Like, it's. I actually did want more of the conquistador stuff like i could have i could have taken like another 20 20 minutes of that like there's well, so, you're, I, you're also a fantasy guy you know i can right, see you right game of thrones dude lord of the rings you know totally. flaming swords you'd want some goblins to come around and yeah let's go let's go all blame in. brad pitt i do that being on that the screen motherfucker <laughs> ruined everything <laughs> i am like trying to envision him in this role and i mean i'm Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor. He can do just about everything. But it, I think it's a very different movie um, if you have Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Hugh Jackman here a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I like whenever – I guess whenever he gets into the mucky muck. Uh, Prisoners is another one where he gets to have these big Anything swings. that's not fucking Wolverine. God yeah. damn it. Um, and, I mean, he's, you know – He's iconic as Wolverine. I mean, you can't knock that. I, w- I wish the Wolverine movies overall had been better since even fans are like, well, that one's trash and that one's <laughs> trash, but this one's okay. Like, uh, but yeah, certainly, I, I don't know. It's like Christopher Reeves and Superman, I think we'll probably never completely disassociate Hugh Jackman from Wolverine, which is impressive in its own regard. Yeah. Not yeah, the films, absolutely. but just he's iconic that way. Uh, but yeah, like he, he plays it big. I don't see Brad Pitt ever playing big in a drama he goes for a big broad comedy, comedy. yeah but yeah i think he, i think hmm, the that's a good point the the two sort of fantasy sequences i could easily see brad pitt in those him in the modern setting sort of uh you know raging against um the reality of this impending death it, that's the hardest one for me to see uh brad pitt doing but maybe i would like it better because maybe that would just have to be altered to 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 fit his 
abilities more. I don't know. But uh, I'm not saying the problem here is Hugh Jackman because I actually think, yet again, I think the performances are really good from uh, the two leads. And I think uh, Rachel Weisz does as much as she can with portraying an idea, uh, not so much a character. Yeah, I think that's valid. And I think it's something that I wasn't really expecting necessarily from these couple months of Aronofsky, but like just finding out how good he is as a director and getting good performances or maybe, I mean, maybe it's just casting. Maybe he casts the right people and he gets good performances or maybe it's his guidance behind the camera as well. But like so far, like even, even pie, which is a very minimalist movie, there's good performances there too. Like he, I just listened back to uh, that episode and you open with the scene where that dude is, screaming berating yeah, baby. his mentor and I'm like you talk about going big that guy is like, I'm gonna find out the meaning of your stupid fucking game and the stock market and God himself like it's just like jeez oh, just wanted you to come over and play a game and I'm an old man here like come on calm down um, he likes he likes big he likes big I mean he I, I I think when we get to Mother, that'll be the most interesting to talk about as far as performances, because mm. everything around those characters is obviously big. But the, at least with our two leads, there's an attempt at playing it straight or, I guess, mm-hmm. understated. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting <laughs> to get to. Not so much with uh, Black Swan, The Wrestler, Noah. Uh, from As memory serves, all those pretty big characters pretty big yes bold characters yes absolutely but i think it also takes a certain kind of director and a certain kind of actor to have these big performances and not have them just have you roll your eyes at them and be like oh god here we go and i think he does have that ability to find some moments of humanity even in these big broad performances with these big broad strokes um and i think this is another example of it um and yeah even uh is it uh christopher mcdonald is like the uh the the host on that like fantasy oh yeah television stuff. he's playing that and even he doesn't get me to roll my eyes like he's i mean he's doing christopher mcdonald work no doubt but yes, yes. it's it's perfect <laughs> i really like that guy i like yeah. that uh, i like those those particular character actors that uh uh, you know, you always envision like I could have done that, and then you're like, right. when you actually watch them, you're like, no, Maybe not. I fucking couldn't. <laughs> that guy's I couldn't, got I, skills. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does. He's got. I think the... in general, character actors are usually, frankly, like more skilled than than the leads because the leads usually that, get Brad cast Pitt? because of their looks. I mean, there's so many things you can't do, but Christopher McDonald, he could the fucking hero. lead the fountain. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. <laughs> um, and when I mentioned the whole thing about you know Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine, like I of course enjoy him as Wolverine, but I also think he's a truly talented dramatic actor, and I think there's a lot of years in there that get lost where he could have been doing different stuff rather than Wolverine. It's got to work because- out. You yeah. keep that body. Yeah, no kidding. And because he was like constantly in an X Men movie or Wolverine spinoff, there's a lot of missed opportunities. And I feel, I feel the same way about that as I feel when great actors end up in the MCU or great directors end up there. I'm like, uh, that's great, but like, what have we lost from that? So, um, so it's always nice to like go back and see a Hugh Jackman movie. Like, oh yeah, he did other stuff than Wolverine. Of course, this movie, as I recall, did not do well. Like, this was not a hit. No. So (laughs) that might have something to do with why Hugh Jackman's like, well, I know I'm going to be making money on those those Wolverine movies. I'll have to work out to within an inch of my life, but 
I'm going to be comfortable. He's, so. he's given my uh, favorite performance of this year. Uh, unfortunately, I guess in a TV movie, a Bad Education on HBO. Oh, it's a great I, performance. I, I loved him. I love. Yeah. The, so the, slimy. The choices so he good. made on how to like pre- you know present that character uh, to the world is he's he's excellent in that. Really yeah. good. Yeah, totally agree. All right, um, so that is it for the fountain. Um, and what's next? Is the wrestler the next one? I always get these confused because after the the <clears throat> layoff between Requiem for a Dream and the Fountain, uh, I believe the wrestler and Black Swan were with, like within two years of each other. Um, I think it's the wrestler because I'm pretty sure Black yeah. Swan was 2010. The wrestler is what 2008. Yeah, and I've also heard that actually like both of these were like based on like one big script. Um, the wrestler yes. and Black Swan. So <laughs> I heard that as well, where it's like uh, there was a vision where uh, the wrestler's daughter was into ballet and had her own mm. shit going on. I'm like, dude, that is a that's a fucking lot, man. That's like a this. lot. Let's just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. So we will keep it simple, and we will talk about the wrestler next time. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, is at Directed by Pod, and if you would like access to um, episodes coming out early or bonus episodes, you can donate any amount to our Patreon, and that's just patreon.com/slash a podcast directed by. <laughs>